This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. This morning, I want to talk about uh, the subject of new year, new life. So the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Mitchell has had us going through uh, a message series entitled The Characters of Christmas, and he took us through some really important people um, in the Christmas story, and we finished up last week looking at Jesus himself. And this week, we're going to look at the idea um, of new life in Christ. What does that mean? What does it look like? You know, um, we're approaching the new year. We're only two days and some change away from New Year's Day. And um, I wanted to look at this idea of what it means to really have uh, new life in Christ. Because I think um, sometimes we kind of sell it short, you know. Um, there's this there's this big gap between us and the Lord, in case you don't know. <laughs> there's this really big gap between who we are and who he is. And uh, he gave us his word to help us understand what it was that he was doing, what it was he was at work doing in our lives, buying for us, purchasing for us. Um, and we're going to look at um, the idea that he's always given us the opportunity um, to see the new. And as we approach the new year, I want us to consider that the Lord has new life for us. Now, I know most of us in here are believers, if not all of us. And, uh, and you know, we know what new life in Christ means. Um, sometimes it's theory. I, I got to tell you, sometimes whenever I'm, I'm living and walking through life, sometimes I'm operating on theory and I'm trying to walk out the practical as best I can. Um, but I know that um, in our lives, um, as Christian people, very often new life is something that we have to walk out. Um, it's something that we're given. And yes, there is a moment where Jesus redeems our soul and he buys us back. And what he did pays for the penalty of our sin. But new life in him is more than just that moment. It begins with that moment. But new life in him is this thing that we walk out every day. And uh, I've got a few um, thoughts on what it means to have life in Christ. And uh, the first one is we need it. We need it. You know, if you don't know why we need it, feel free to look in the first few chapters of Genesis. You know, if we had an opportunity to really kind of show the Lord our stuff, you know, Show them how good we were. Those were the moments, you know. There was no, you know, there was no job. There was no, I mean, there were two people. There wasn't even a society at that, at that point. You know, there was no culture. There was just man and woman. There were no kids, you know. There was no school. There was no health care. There was none of that stuff. There was none of the, the trappings that we see around us today. And if we had a moment where we could have shown the Lord just how good we were, 
and just how much we could take care of ourselves. That was the moment. You know, two people who had it perfectly. You know, they were in this garden. The Lord was taking care of every need, every want, every desire of their heart. They had it. And if there was a moment when we could have shown the Lord just how good we were, that was it. And even in the perfect environment with the Lord himself with them walking in the garden, they blew it. We blew it. We did. So this new life in Christ, we need it. We need it. And I think sometimes as Christian people, it's, it's easy for us to understand that we've been redeemed by Christ, to understand that, you know, we have new life in him. And I think very often we have a hard time remembering exactly why we needed that new life. Exactly why we needed it. And I totally forgot my iPad right down there on that first pew. Thanks. So for those, those of y'all uh, watching by live stream, So, um, let's look at the idea of what, of what life is. I'm a nerd, y'all. I'm just a big geek. So, I'm going to go ahead and tell you when I get nervous, I talk. Uh, you should have heard me. You should have heard me leading prayer this morning. I was like, da, 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 da. my kids are looking at me, you know, like, Dad, what are you doing? It's time to pray. Can we just get this thing over with? Um, but for me, um, I wanted to look at, at what it meant to have life, you know? Um, I'm the kind of person that, for me to understand something, I have to get to the root. Like, I'm, I was that kid who, in math class in seventh grade, you couldn't show me how to do something and be like, hey, you're good, go do that. No, that wasn't me at all. I had to understand why I was doing the thing. I had to understand the concept. Why? Why, why is this the way it is? You know, I had to have the root principle. If you could show me the principle, I could do it all day a million times. But you couldn't show it to me and just go, this is how it's done. No, I had to understand the hows and the whys. So whenever I, look at the, whenever I look at the Bible and whenever the Lord's moving and working in my heart, um, I have to know the hows and the whys. So what is, what is life? You know, what does it mean to have life? And I think far too often we confuse the idea of life with just, you know, walking around and talking, you know. We look at ourselves each and every day and we think that to have life means that you're just, you know, your heart's still pumping, your lungs are still working, you know, that's what life is, but life down at its, at its core is really to be in fellowship with the author of life. Life is not something that just happened, you know, by happenstance. If you go um, in, in the first few chapters of Genesis, um, third chapter, I believe, Sorry, there are a lot of scriptures running through my head right now, y'all. You should, you should see my notes. It's ridiculous. I told Jonathan this morning, I was like, man, I got all these scriptures, but there's no way in the world that I am going to get to all these this morning. Um, but the Bible says that when the Lord made man, he breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul, a living being. So life originated with the Lord. And I think far too often... Um, just as human beings, we think that life is just what we see right here and now. 
It's this body that we have. It's, you know, the breath in our lungs. It's our heart still pumping that blood through our veins, hopefully for a good long time. Um, but life really at its, at its core, at its essence, is to be in fellowship, in relationship with the author of life. And that's why this life that we're in is so filled with meaning. It's, it's so important that we come to know the Lord while we're here in this life. Um, because life is something that we, we kind of take for granted. I mean, it really is. We just kind of um, take it for granted. Because if you have it, you know, and you've always had it, you don't really think too much a whole lot um, about, you know, what it means to have something when you've had it forever and it's just the norm. Um, I find it amazing the perspective that people tend to gain on life whenever that life is threatened. Whenever they find themselves in a situation where it looks like they might not have it much longer. There's this amazing perspective that the Lord gives us because whenever he, whenever we wrap our minds around the idea that it's fleeting and that it's something that, you know, we're not just given and it's, it's really this special, amazing thing, um, then we start to consider what life is. But So life in Christ, we need it. We're in desperate, desperate need of life in Christ. We're in desperate need to be reunited with him. We're in desperate need of what it is that he has um, to give. Because something happened in the garden and we were separated. We were separated from the author of life. We were separated from the source of life. And Pastor Mitchell, a few years ago, he was our youth pastor over at Praise Fellowship Church, and he, um, he had this really, uh, I thought it was a really innovative message, and it, um, he kind of took off of The Walking Dead. I hope you guys don't watch that program. But, <laughs> but uh, he kind of took the idea uh, from the television show and, and talked about how people, apart from Christ, literally are the walking dead, that we're walking around without this life that we don't even know that we need. But life in Christ... We need it, and he wants to give it to us so bad. He's, he's done everything that he possibly can do to get us this life. He has. Um, so we're in desperate need of life in him. And this life that he's given to us, it's free, which is my, my next point. It's something that's completely free. Um, and I think this is where a lot of us get tripped up is, is it is so easy. It's almost ridiculous how easy it is. I mean, it's almost hard for us to wrap our minds because we, we do our best to make things complicated, right? I don't know about you guys, but I'm stuck in here and my whole life is me just trying to get outside of me so that I can enjoy the simplicity that the Lord has for me. I get wrapped up. I, I can tell you it's trying to, it's trying to happen right now. Um, but I'm a cerebral person, and if I'm not careful, I get lost in here, um, and I can't see what's right in front of me that the Lord has provided that's simple and that's easy, and I don't even have to do anything, you know, to, to have it. He's already provided um, it to us. Uh, whenever I talk to my kids, and we do devotions, at least whenever they stay home these days, half the time they're gone somewhere, um, and we do devotions, one of the things that we always go back and touch on is the idea that Jesus, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, has done everything that we need 
to enjoy this new life, every single thing. There's not one thing that he's left undone, not one box that he's left unchecked in order to provide this new life for us. Not a single thing. It's all been done. There was a checklist, and he checked them all off, every single one of them. Our part is the easy part. We just have to accept it, believe it, and receive it. But it's completely free. It's something that he offers us without charge. It's something that he gave the very best of himself to acquire. This kept coming back to me over the last 24 hours. I got to tell you guys, if you ever prepare a message and you're ever speaking in front of people, it can be one of the most mind-numbing, nerve-wracking things. I was at home yesterday, and I'll just, I'll tell you this real fast. Um, I was at home yesterday, and I was praying. I was seeking the Lord, and I was, I was just there. I just felt like I was there, you know, like his presence, and for hours yesterday, and nothing, not a single thing. I was telling this to Donna, and she was like, oh, it's okay. You know, she comes on, she's like, it's okay. You'll get it. It'll be, it'll be fun. And I'm just sitting there for hours. I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say? What is it you want to do? Um, what is it that you want to do? And there was just like nothing. Um, and then finally, last night, <laughs> he, likes to, he likes to do that to me. He likes to give it to me at night whenever I'm already just like just frazzled and trying to figure out where he's going and what he's doing. And, and uh, so I'm there last night, and he starts um, inspiring me um, with his word and, and, and giving me scriptures and giving me thoughts. And it's starting to come together, and I'm starting to feel better about it. Um, but it's, it's the same way in our walk with him. Um, I think very often we have a hard time getting out of our own way when it comes to this relationship with him. And we forget how free it is. We forget that he offered it to us completely free, and we try to buy it for ourselves. You know, we, try to, we, we start feeling like that somehow we've got to purchase it on our own. You know, we feel like that somehow we've got to live up, you know, to the, you know, to the idea that we should be good enough in some way. Um, and that's the amazing freeing thing about what it is that he's purchased for us. Although, yes, once we receive him, he starts making us like himself and, and he starts, you know, giving us his character, the fruit of his spirit. And, and yes, we start living and walking it out, you know. Um, but sometimes we get the order backwards, and we feel like somehow we've got to walk this thing out under our own power. Um, and we forget that he's provided what it is that we need. And, and very often, I know I do, um, I'm, a, I'm a very typically type A person, you know. I'm getting a little bit older now, so it's a little harder to be type A, you know. Um, but I'm the kind of person that I, I absolutely want to do it myself. You know, I have a hard time, you know, relegating, you know, someone, something, to, delegating uh, to somebody else, giving them something to do. Um, I've just got this idea that, you know, I want to work real hard. I want to do it. I want to put my best into it. I want it to be as perfect as I possibly can make it. And um, the problem with that is for a long time, I applied that to my relationship with the Lord. And um, I mean, for the majority of my life, you know, I had this idea that it was on me, that my relationship with the Lord, what it is that I had to do for him, all that stuff was on me, and I, I didn't understand that he's given me everything that I need. 
I didn't understand that he's made all of this available to me freely. And can we pop up that scripture, Acts 17, 25, real fast, because I love this scripture. Um, it's, it's, an excellent, it's an excellent verse. And this is um, the book of Acts. And it says, he himself gives life and breath to every man, and he satisfies every need. Um, and it's talking about the Lord not having any need. The first part of that scripture says that the Lord doesn't need anything. He doesn't need anything. He's self-sustaining. He has everything. He is everything that he needs. And that he gives everything that we need to us. So this life that he's given to us, it's free. And, and not just that. All that we need to accomplish all that he's called us to do. All that we need to be the people that he's called us to be. All of that's free too. Every single bit of it. We just have to ask. Uh, very often, though, we can't get over the idea that it's free. We can't get over the idea that we don't have to work real hard. Now, I'm not saying that you should be lazy. That is not, that is not what Mr. Tommy is saying from the pulpit this morning. That people at home, that is not what I am saying this morning. I am not saying that you, you get to just accept Jesus and just be lazy for the rest of, you know, till Jesus comes and, and we go to the kingdom. That's not what, that's not what the Bible's saying. Um, the Bible says that he's created us for good works. We, we have things that we're supposed to do. That's right, McCaden. That's right, buddy. I needed that. Thank you. But very often, we don't understand just how everything he has is freely given to us. I trip up on it all the time, y'all. I'm, I'm starting to get it. I'm finally starting to get it a little bit. I wouldn't be right here right now if I wasn't getting it a little bit. But he's given it to us freely. All we have to do is ask. All we have to do is believe. All we have to do is trust. That's all we've got to do. Completely free. So his life, we need it. We need new life in him. And this isn't something that's a one-time event, y'all. It's something that we need every single day. Every day. So let me tell you something. If you're not in his word, if you're not spending time in his presence, you're not spending time in prayer, you're missing out on the new life he's got for you right now. You're missing out on the, what he wants to do in you today and five minutes from now and ten minutes after that and three hours from now. There's a reason why the Bible says that we're to pray without ceasing. It doesn't mean that you fall down every five minutes. It doesn't mean you pull out a rug, you know, and five times a day, uh, that's not what it's talking about. What it means is we should constantly be in his presence. We should constantly be aware of his presence because whether we feel it or not, he's, he's there. Whether we feel him right now in this moment, he's here. The only difference is us. <laughs> Siri's trying to, Siri, stop. Oh, look, she popped up something. I don't even know what that is. I'll find out after church. <clears throat> but the Lord wants us to slow down. He wants us to understand that this life that we need is available to us every moment. That this life that he's paid for with his best has been given to us freely for the asking. And he wants us to understand one more thing. He wants us to understand that the life that he has for us is abundant. Let's look at John 10, 10 real fast. So Jesus says, 
that the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And I love the way Jesus just like turns that right on its head. He said, the thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And then he juxtaposes that with, but I have come to give life. And he could have stopped there and it would have been an an amazing thing. I have come that they might have life. He could have stopped there. It would have been amazing. You know, eternal life with him, the opportunity to become his children, to be made like him. He could have stopped there and it would have been fantastic. But he didn't stop there. He goes on to say, and that they may have it more abundantly. The Lord has abundant life for us, y'all. He did not intend for our lives to be boring. He did not intend for our lives to be unfulfilling. He did not intend for our lives to be ho-hum and for us to live in the doldrums at all. Those are all choices that we make. I'm the kind of person... I can use me because I know me. I'm the kind of person that if I'm not careful, I will talk myself out of the good things that are coming my way. I don't know why I'm built that way. I think it's so that I can talk to people. (laughs) But I will totally talk myself out of the good things that are coming my way. I will judge myself. I will criticize myself. I will beat myself up to the point where I don't feel like I'm good enough to receive anything, you know, much less have an abundant life in Christ. But the Lord wants us to know this morning that our lives were meant to be exciting. Very often they aren't exciting. But that comes back to us. There are a few amazing people that I have in my life that whenever I talk to them, doesn't matter what they're going through, they can be sick, they can be going through difficulty, whatever. They've always got this joyful disposition about them. And the reason for that, and I'll try to figure it out for a long time, but the reason for that is they understand what they have in Jesus. They understand that the momentary difficulty that they're walking through is not the totality of their lives. It's not. And I'm praying that the Lord will help me to see, help us to see past the momentary, what the Bible calls the momentary trials and afflictions of life and understand just how blessed we are, just how abundant the Lord intended for our lives to be. Because most of the time when we're not experiencing the abundance that the Lord has for us, doesn't mean you're going to be a millionaire. (laughs) that's that's the way I feel about it too (laughs) I'm like come on Lord just one time but uh but doesn't mean that everybody's going to be a millionaire what it does mean is that the Lord has laid out a specific plan and a specific purpose for each and every one of us and that he intends for us in that plan to live and walk in such a way that we are fulfilled that we're moving with him in this great adventure of life and that we're experiencing the fulfillment he has for us. We're experiencing 
You know, I got to tell you, there's a reason why when you watch a movie or you read a book that is exciting and where there's danger, you know, it pulls something out in you. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm, I'm watching a movie or I'm, I'm reading a book and there's that moment of crisis, something wakes up inside of me. I get excited. Now, it might be a little frightened, too, you know. You should, you should watch me whenever I watch movies. My, my family can't stand it sometimes because I will react to the movies and I'm trying to tell them what they should do, you know. It happens. And you become a parent, you know, you get used to telling people what to do. It just, it happens. But, um, but there's something um, in me that, that rises to the occasion whenever something happens. I got to tell you, some of the moments that I'm absolutely the best in are the moments where the worst stuff has happened. I mean, seriously, you know the times when I struggle in life are those moments whenever everything's just kind of the same for a long period of time? Um, but when those moments happen, when it's like it's a three-alarm fire or, you know, the, the tire has popped or, you know, my wife is stranded out on the road somewhere or somebody's been hurt, like, I, I don't know, just like this thing comes up inside of me and I'm like, okay, let's, let's get it done. Let's get, and, and I know exactly what to do. And, you know, I'm, I'm focused and, you know, I'm, and I'm, I don't know, it's like I'm awake, you know, for the first time in a long time. But the Lord intended for our lives to be that way all the time. It's us that misses it. The Lord has, has given us lives that if we walk with him, if we're in tune with him, that was really loud. Um, if we're in tune with him, our lives are going to be this abundant, fulfilling thing that he intended for it to be. Now, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through difficulty. I'm not up here to get your money, y'all. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you, life's going to be difficult in moments. There are going to be times. There have been times in my life when I thought I was just going to be broken forever. Like nothing was ever going to be the same. Like everything was just going to be horrible from that moment on. It was just it. I'm done, Lord, that's it. Just go ahead and just check me off, take me out of here, because it can't get, I quit. You know, we have those moments. Every one of us do. Um, sometimes it's health. Sometimes it's family members. Um, sometimes it's relationships or sometimes it's your career. Sometimes it's ministry. Sometimes we all have the stuff. Every single one of us have the stuff that drives us nuts, that makes us want to quit, that we just think are never going to get past it and life is just going to be horrible forever. We all have that. We all do. You know, the parable of the two houses, one on the rock, one in the sand. You know, the, the common denominator in both of those, there was a storm in both of them. We all have those moments. But we determine how those moments go. We do. You know, are we going to believe the Lord? Are we going to believe that he really has an abundant life for us? Are we going to believe that he really, ultimately, totally, completely has everything in our lives in his hand? Do we believe that he's working good in everything like he says he is? Do we? Do we really believe it? Because in those moments, if we can believe that, if we can hang on to that promise, to that hope, to that trust in him, we can still live that abundant life in those moments. I lost my mom November 21st. This year was six years. We lost her to brain cancer. And... Um, which is crazy because there was really no history of that in our family at all. It, was, it came out of nowhere. Um, uh, October 21st, 2013, we found out she had brain cancer. Uh, one month to the day later, um, in hospice at home, we lost her. She was gone. It was, doesn't seem sudden because there's a month, but it, was, it seemed very sudden to us. And um, 
and it was difficult. And there were moments when it seemed like nothing would ever be the same. You know, um, I don't know if you've lost a parent or somebody who's close to you, but it's 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 tough. Um, it's it's tough, and and me losing my mom just. Uh, your parents are like one of those foundational things in your life that you think are never going to change. You know, you're always going to have the parents. You know, they're always going to be there. And whenever she was gone, something, my world was shaken. It, it just was. It was rocked and broken. And um, <clears throat> and it could have really just done a number on me. Um, and it did to several people in our family. And it's, and it's still, to this day, um, is a difficult thing. But I chose in that moment to trust the Lord with my pain, to trust the Lord with my difficulty. And believe me, y'all, that was probably the first time in my life that had ever really happened in a major situation. And the Lord came along and, and showed me how to trust him and showed me how to still have joy and peace and abundance even in the middle of, of that. And I'm not patting myself on the back because it wasn't me. If I had done what I wanted to do, I would have curled up in a ball somewhere and, you know, and just been done for a long time. Because uh, my mom was amazing. Uh, <laughs> I love my mom. I'm looking forward to uh, whenever I get to see her again. But um, it, it could have been so much different. Um, but the Lord came along and he taught me how to trust him. And he helped me. And it was him, you know, carrying me. Uh, through that and teaching me how to trust him. But he wants us all to learn to trust him with those difficult situations because he has given us this amazing life. And I don't, I don't know why I can't get past this because this comes out whenever I speak to anybody about anything. This is what spills out, and I can't help it. Um, but the Lord wants us to understand that this life was meant to be this amazing adventure that he has for us. And there are going to be difficulties. You know, one day we're going to be in the kingdom with the Lord, with one another. Um, and we're going to get to look back at our life. And we're going to look back at our lives and see this amazing, amazing thing. You know, we're going to see those moments, like I was saying this morning, whenever the Lord took care of us and we didn't even know he was taking care of us. We're going to see those moments when we were walking through the easy times, you know, because the Lord was making it easy for us. And we're going to see those moments when we walk through those really tough times, you know, those times that we thought were just going to destroy us. And we're going to get to see the Lord right there. We're going to get to see the part of it that we missed the first time around. You know, you ever watch a movie the first time and you kind of miss some stuff and you had to go back and watch it the second, third, fourth, fifth time, you know, to kind of pick up on the little nuanced stuff, all the little Easter eggs. All my Marvel Cinematic Universe and Star Wars fans in here. Right on. I got one over there, right? Uh, so, but we're going to get to see those moments. You know, no movie is exciting if everything goes the way of the, of the protagonist, of the, of the hero. If everything, you know, if he does everything right and nothing ever goes wrong and, and all that, and there's never any challenge, there's never any difficulty to walk through. Who wants to watch that? Nobody does. And the reason that we like that, the reason we like those movies is because we know that that's what we were made for. We know that we were made for those moments when the only thing carrying us through is the Lord. 
we know we were made for those moments when we have to step out on nothing, not a single thing, and we have to trust the Lord in the middle of it. So there's a movie I like. Uh, if y'all don't know, I, I like movies. I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a, I'm not a cinemaphile, but I'm kind of a cinema buff. And there's this movie, um, Indiana Jones, Harrison Ford's a great dude. Um, but there's this Indiana Jones movie called Indiana Jones and uh, the Last Crusade. It's the third movie. Um, and he comes to this moment, this crisis moment, where he's supposed to, the, the instructions he was given is he's got to step out and take this step of faith, right? And when you're looking at it from his perspective, there's nothing. There is nothing there. It looks like sheer walls and about 100 feet from the wall he's on to this one over here. And he's in this really, you know, gigantic underground-like, you know, crevasse. Anyway, cracking the earth. And he, the instruction is he's supposed to step out. He's got to take the step of faith. Well, he finally does take the step of faith. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever um, from a practical, you know, standpoint. It looks like he's going to die. But he takes the step of faith. And as he takes the step, to his surprise, his foot finds firm ground in what should have been empty space. And then the camera shifts the angle. And as the camera shifts to the side, you see that there was a path there the whole time and that the path was painted and textured in such a way that you couldn't see it if you're standing in front of it. So when he steps out, he takes that step of faith, and it finds ground. And then when he finally starts looking around himself, he realizes that there's a path all the way through. But if he had never taken the step, never would have found the path. And the Lord's calling us to do the same thing. This abundant life is a life where we're going to have to take risks, y'all. I don't know if the Lord can use secular music. Um, to, I mean, uh, most of the time, you know, I, I listen to Christian music, but um, I'm, a, I'm a big Andrea Bocelli fan. I have no idea what time it is. It's 1147. Okay. Um, Andrea Bocelli, he's this Italian tenor, and he's amazing. Y'all, I love to sing. I hope one day when I'm in heaven, I'll get to sing like Andrea Bocelli. Um, but I was listening to a couple songs, uh, one with his son, Matteo, and another one with uh, Ellie Goulding, if you know who that is. Um, but there's this one song, um, and the whole song is, um, it's called Return to Love. And uh, I'm not suggesting you go, I'm not going to make any money if you go and you know, view it on iTunes or whatever. But the whole song is about the idea of returning to this love relationship with this person and risking everything absolutely risking everything you've got, but being willing to throw yourself out there. And um, it, believe me, it sounds better than I'm making it out right now. <laughs> but it's, I probably listened to it seven or eight times in a row. And, and believe it or not, the Holy Spirit was using that song um, to kind of inform what it is that I'm talking about today because the entire song, the entire theme of the song is the idea of being, being willing to risk everything you've got for the sake of this relationship. And... Um, Whenever I was listening to that song, um, I could just imagine the Lord himself, you know, and what it is that he did to secure this relationship with us. He risked everything. In fact, he didn't just risk everything. He knew what it was he was going to have to do. And believe it or not, he's asking you and me the same thing. He's not asking us to do anything that he hasn't already done. 
But he's asking you and me every day, risk it. Come on. I'm standing here at the ledge with you. Let's take the step together. See that thing over there that looks like it's impossible, like you could never do it, like you think you're not qualified, you think you don't have the right stuff that I'm calling you to? Come on, just take my hand. Let's go together. Let's do it. Let's take the risk. And the Lord's calling us for, to that every single day. He's calling us to the abundant life, but we have to be willing to risk it all to step out and do that with him. And I think very often the stuff the Lord has put inside of us lays dormant. It does, because we're not willing to take the risk. When he brings those moments to us, we shy back. We're like, Lord, that's, that just looks a little too crazy. What are you talking about? You know, I can't do that. You know, I haven't, had the, I haven't had the education for that. I know you're providing the opportunity, and the door's open, but I haven't had the education. I don't want to look silly. I don't want to look foolish. You know, what are they going to think? You know, what's going to happen if I get in there in that job and I can't do it just right? You know, what happens if I get into this relationship and it doesn't work out the way that I want it to? What happens if I take on this ministry and I get up there and people look at me funny? You know? And the Lord wants us to understand that he has an abundant life for us, but it requires, it requires that we step out and believe and trust. He hasn't called us just to exist he hasn't called us just to sit down and be comfortable. Very often, not very often, more often than not, our comfort is the enemy of what it is that the Lord has prepared for us. It absolutely is the enemy of what it is that he has for us to do. We can't live a life of comfort and a life of adventure. Indiana Jones has to get, he has to get out of that college classroom sometime. He does. You know, he's got to go retrieve that golden statue and deal with the tribes that are coming after him. You know, he's got to go take that, that leap of faith in order to achieve that goal, in order to do that thing that he knows he's got to do. And the Lord's calling me and you every day to do that. And very often we just kind of, you know, we just kind of brush him aside. And, uh, you know, and we usually give him an answer like, you know, well, may maybe later. You know, maybe whenever I'm more comfortable. Um, or we just tell him outright, no, that's too big. That's too big for me. Well, guess what, y'all? He has structured your life in such a way that you have to have him to accomplish all the things that he's got for you to do. He has not designed your life to be accomplished by you. Not a single bit of our life, not any of the things that he really has for us and wants for us, they cannot be accomplished, accomplished by you. Accomplished, I don't even know what I'm saying up here. They cannot be accomplished by you on your own. He has designed your life to require himself. And we start seeing it that way. We start really trusting in him, understanding that I don't have to have all this stuff. I don't have to have it completely together. I don't have to be able to speak just right. Lord knows I'm not this morning. Sorry, folks at home. <laughs> Pastor Mitchell, it's, <laughs> I hope you feel better. Uh, but you don't have to get every syllable just right. Your diction doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to have just the right syntax 
You don't have to be able to put it down on paper perfectly, you know? You don't have to be able to get up and move just the right way and, and say just the right thing and have just the right look on your face so that people appreciate you and people are drawn to you. No. No, he hasn't designed us that way. He's designed us so that we need him and him alone. And us plus him equals us accomplishing the things that he has for us. Us minus him means us settling for less than his best. Every time. Every time. Every time. So this morning, I'm going to finish up before 12, y'all. The Lord is still performing miracles. So this morning, let's begin to take the Lord at his word. And whenever I'm talking to you guys, man, I am so talking to myself 10 times more. So much more this way because I know my struggle. I know that I want it neat. I want it shrink-wrapped. I want it to look just right, be just the right price. It's got to work out just the way that I want it. The circumstances have to be good, all of it. just has to work exactly the way I want it for me to be willing to step on out. In fact, I've got, I've got to see 100 miles of the path, you know, for me to step out. So I'm definitely preaching to myself more than anybody else this morning. But the Lord wants us to know that he has new life for us. If you don't know him, man, he's got this amazing life for you. This life in Christ that is way more than you could ever begin to ask or think. He wants you to know that the life that he has for you is this abundant, amazing, blow your mind kind of life. I think a lot of us are just willing to settle for so much less than what it is that he wants for us. You know the one thing I don't want to see in heaven when I get there? I don't want to see stuff that he had for me still sitting on the shelf, gathering dust. I don't want to see that. I don't, want to, I don't want to show up to heaven and the Lord play back my life. Did anybody, anybody in here remember that show, This Is Your Life? I watched it in reruns when I was a kid. It was interesting. They would kind of go through like important events in the person's life. Who, who would want to do that? You show up on a show and they, they take all these important events. They have people from throughout your life come up and talk about you. Whew, I'm glad I wasn't on that one. But the whole show is about recounting, you know, your life you know, from childhood all the way up. And it still seems really strange, really invasive. Okay, anyway, um, but that's what the show is about. And uh, when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to review what it is that we did. The Bible says we're even going to give account of the things that we said. Every idle word, man, I'm in trouble. Every idle word that came out of your, out of your mouth, I'm thankful that the Lord forgives. Uh, but I don't want to show up into heaven and see what the Lord had prepared for me and see what it is that I missed out on because I was too afraid. I don't want to see the things that I gave up because I didn't want to deal with the uncertainty. Because I didn't want to deal with the discomfort. Because, you know, those, those are, there are those moments when the Lord calls you to go and, and reach somebody for him, and it's uncomfortable. And sometimes it's ugly. And sometimes it doesn't smell good, you know. <laughs> but that was me and you too, y'all. Sometimes I think the Lord puts people in my path just to slap me upside the head and wake me up and help me to understand that my life 
is meant to be lived investing in other people's lives. See, this life that he's given to us, if we can get outside of ourselves, if we can start living it the way that he's called us to live it, then guess what? The next step is we get to invest it back in other people. So when we start living this abundant life, and it's just, the Bible says it's like rivers of living water just falling out of you, you know, and you're walking around, you're just splashing around on other people, and you can't help but bless people, and you can't help but show love to people, and you can't help but put a 10 in that guy's hand. You don't even know, you know, if you have 10 to get yourself home, but, you know, you're sticking $10 in a guy's hand who needs it worse than you. And it, oh, I, oh, gosh, man. Whew. Get it in here and it wants to just bust out. But um, the Lord has designed our lives to be that way. He has, and he wants us to take advantage of all this stuff that he has for us. And there's this amazing thing that happens, too, and this isn't in my notes, but there's this amazing thing that happens whenever we start living this life and we start giving it back to other people, um, then the Lord fills us back up again so that we can pour it back out again. And then he fills us back up again so we can pour it back out again. Let me tell you, if you're constantly spending for the kingdom, he's constantly investing in you for the kingdom. Because when you empty out, he's filling you up. It is 11.58. Let's stand. I appreciate your attentiveness. I appreciate nobody booing me. Thanks, y'all. Love you. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the amazing life that you've given us in your son. We thank you that you're making us like yourself and you've created good works for us to do. We thank you, Lord God, that you have an amazing, abundant life for us. Now this morning, I pray, Lord, that you would help us through the power of your spirit to be willing to let go of those things that have held us back. Let go of the fear and let go of the discomfort and let go of all the stuff that is keeping us from living this new life in this new year, the way that you would have us to live it. Father, we need you. Now, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would begin to help us move past the stuff that we've allowed to hold us back, because we've allowed it. We've allowed it to hold us back. So, Father, help us to begin to move in faith, in trust. Help us to truly believe you, not just with our eternal salvation, but with every part of our lives after that. This morning, if there's anybody in the house and you don't know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity um, to come and, and, and know Jesus. That's why we're here. You know, we're in the kingdom to grow the kingdom. And if there's anybody in here this morning who just needs to come down to the altar and you just need some time to pray, You want this life that the Lord has told you about this morning. You want to live this way, but you know it's tough. You know it's hard. Um, You know it's it's difficult to get outside of ourselves sometimes. You know the altar's open. The altar's open. If, If there's any other need in the house this morning, the altar's open. You know, we don't have to be all stuffy and formal. Um, The altar's open. Lord, you're good, and we thank you, Father, 
We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for how good you are. And we thank you that you haven't just saved us to sit and do nothing. Lord, you have saved us for good works. You have delivered us to enable us to do the things that you prepared for us a long time ago. We thank you, Lord God, that you've given us purpose, that you've given us destiny, that you've given us amazing, an amazing, adventurous life, Lord, in you. If we just trust you and we'll be willing to step out and believe you. Now, Father, in our hearts and lives this morning, you know our needs. You know what we need, Father. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that you'd move and work in our hearts and lives right now and provide what it is that we need. Lord, in Acts 17, 25, it says that you provide every need. That that is what you do. That is who you are. And this morning, Father, I pray that you'd move and work in every life here in the house and provide every need. Father, we need you. We're lost without you. This morning, Father, we confess our dependence, our complete and utter, total dependence on you. We can't do anything on our own. These bodies come from you. Our breath comes from you. Every talent, every ability, everything that we have does not come from us. It comes from you. This morning, we confess our dependence on you, and we ask you to be everything that we need. Move and work in our hearts, Lord. Move and work in the secret places that we're afraid to surrender. Move and work in the places that we have difficulty giving to you and trusting you with. Lord, help us to trust you this morning. Unleash, Lord, what it is that you have put inside of us. Cut the leash. Help us to trust you. Help us not to live this life being less than who and what you've called us to be. Doing less than what you've called us to do. But Lord, help us to live out this life with passion moving and working in the power of your spirit as you lead us, as you guide us, as you direct us, as you take our hand and lead us to the edge. Father, Lord, help us to step out with you. Help us to move with you. Help us to trust you. Help us not to settle for second best or third best or fifth best or tenth best. But Lord, help us to trust you for the very best that you would have for us to be and to do. Lord, it's not just for ourselves. You've called us to people. You've called us to touch lives by the power of your spirit. You've called us to be willing vessels for you to move through and touch people's lives. Lord, help us to do that in Jesus' name. Help us not to be timid. Lord, help us not to draw back. Help us not to be afraid. Lord, but help us to move in the power of your spirit, trusting you, even when everything around us tells us 
Father, that we should be afraid. Even when everything around us tells us that we're not qualified, even whenever everything around us tells us that we don't have what it takes, Lord, we know that we do in you. We know that we do in you. Now move and work in our hearts today, Heavenly Father. Deliver us from doubt. Deliver us from fear. Bring us into faith and to trust in you, Heavenly Father. Lord, we need you to be who and what you've called us to be, to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we need you. Our lives are utterly dependent on you. And Lord, this morning we confess that dependence and we ask you to come and be everything that we need. And Lord God, we ask for it, we receive it in the name of your son, Jesus. Teach us to know you. Teach us to walk with you. Teach us to trust you. Don't leave us like we are. Don't leave us where we are. I pray you'd start this morning, Heavenly Father, in our hearts and lives, changing us and transforming us. Lord, I thank you that you're relentless and that you won't leave us like we are until we are like you. Thank you, Father, for that relentless pursuit of our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for that relentless knife, Lord, that cuts and removes everything that is contrary to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that your goal is to make us like yourself. Now, Lord, this morning we give you ourselves Take us and use us the way that you want. Do what you want to in us and through us. Just don't leave us like we are. Change us forever. Lord, we worship you this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.